0: nang Saudi literally fruit of Saudi a phrase used to describe the newly renovated house brand new car and other material possessions Filipino households are able to afford through the employment of a family member in the Middle East The term was coined during the 70s when the majority of overseas contract workers from the Philippines helped extract oil from the sandy dry desert of the Arabian Peninsula. As industrialization began to mature in these oil-rich states, several other service sectors began to boom in the decades that followed, enticing even more Filipinos to leave their home country hoping for a better life, a katas ng Saudi for their own families. In 2019, more than half of OFWs are stationed in the Gulf region, With Saudi Arabia as the most preferred destination, followed by the United Arab Emirates. Do you have what it takes to be a migrant worker in the Middle East? In this episode of Banana Q Podcast, we take a peek behind the niqab, an Arabian face veil, to appreciate the beauty of the Middle East from the perspective of OFWs. For the uninitiated, OFW stands for Overseas Filipino Worker. And you may check episode 4 for more details and the story behind how I and my co-host D became OFWs ourselves. Most content available over the internet about Filipino workers in the Middle East are from blue-collar labor, often in the hospitality Manufacturing, or construction industries. Well, that's not surprising, because according to the latest data compiled by the Philippine Statistics Authority, of the 2.2 million OFWs in 2019, only 1% occupy managerial roles, and less than 9% are categorized as professionals. This episode aims to fill that gap by focusing on the life story of two accountants working in the United Arab Emirates and an engineer in Oman in the hope of having a glimpse of their unfiltered lives in countries often misrepresented via popular media. First, I asked them what made them decide to move into the Middle East.
1: Okay, uh, the main reason was that I wanted to buy a Louis Vuitton purse. It was very (laughs) trivial actually, if you think about it.
0: That's Myren, a friend of mine currently living in Abu Dhabi, the capital of UAE, and apparently a huge fan of Louis Vuitton.
1: I know it's very shallow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's really shallow but actually if I think about it now I think in hindsight it was during those times like um, if I was working in audit mm. so like everyone else was going out of the country like several of my colleagues um, they went to UAE some to Europe mm. so like I was looking at their pictures and I was thinking maybe I should try doing this thing maybe like go out of my comfort zone because yeah. I haven't even tried like staying in a dormitory house or something like that so I was thinking maybe I should try And actually, when I told my friends about this, nobody believed me until (laughs) I was in the airplane and then I posted going somewhere else, something like that.
2: Uh, it's uh, quite a funny story. right? I initially really wanted to go abroad even before like when I was a kid, but it was like a different situations that uh, in the end um, led me to decide to go to the Middle East. It was like a heartache and a new phase of love life that mm-hmm. um, kind of led me to decide and go there.
0: That's Glee, a friend who found love in Dubai.
2: And then my mom and dad doesn't know, so I don't know if they might stumble upon Banana Q podcast.
3: <laughs> Actually, I don't really don't have a
0: plan to go abroad. And finally, that's Chris, a fellow Boy Scout from the Queen City of the South, Cebu, now living in the Queen City of the South of Oman, Salala, for over a decade.
3: After graduation, mm. I think I have three or four months Just at home, Mm. doing nothing. So my mother said, "What? what's your plan? (laughs) Uh, Wait, but after four months, I have a job
4: Mm.
3: in Dumaguete as a cadet engineer. Nice. So I've been working there as a HVAC engineer. Heat, ventilation, aircon. Actually, I have a small salary Mm. during that time Mm. because it's a provincial rate. Gotcha. So it's just around lesser than 15k a month. Then minus the taxes. Yeah, pag ibig everything. So I get only around maybe 11k. Mm. So when my mother said again, So what's your plan now? I don't know. So she said, You know what? I have a friend in an agency. So okay. she's, so if you want, I refer you to her. So then, okay. So I tried the interview. Mm. And actually, it's just a walk in. Ooh. So the employer's there. Maybe it's my luck, I got the job, oh, then after that one, they give me an offer. Mm. when I see the offer and the contract, oh, mm. I think, oh this one's better, <laughs> okay, I will just grab this one contract is only two years. Mm. so I said, okay, yeah, let's try. Mm. that's the time it started. I did not pay any any placement fee, nothing
0: wow, you you are very and lucky paid
3: for it. Yes, that's why it's a luck for me, so I grab it because it's an opportunity, right?
0: yeah. Unlike Chris, who found overseas employment before leaving the Philippines, Myren and Glee found their way to UAE through a different and arguably a riskier method.
1: I will go there as a tourist,
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and then maybe um, if I like the place, then I'll try looking for a job. Thinking about the immigration process, I was researching, they said um, it would be difficult uh, not to get offloaded if you go from Cebu directly to UAE. Mm. So I had to go to Singapore, and then I visited (laughs) you and Monica. (laughs) <laughs> yes. during your honeymoon stage. <laughs> remember that time? That was- <laughs> yes,
0: I remember that.
1: I think it was almost two weeks when I stayed with yeah. you. Because it was like a vacation. Like I said, I should have a vacation after like almost five years in audit hmm. and then before I transitioned to another job.
4: Gotcha. So During
1: that time when I was like in the... I was talking through the immigration papers, I was like uh, preparing myself. Like I should look like a tourist going to <laughs> Singapore, so I had like um, the camera in my neck. Mm. I, <laughs> I hold a this gloss and all these things so that I would look like a tourist. I was really prepared. So like I had my ID from my previous employer because they said like you should keep just in case they ask you about uh, whether you're still employed or not. But ah, actually, it was smart. like nobody okay. no asked me anything. They just like, stamped my passport and then I went through all the process. Gotcha. And then here I came to Singapore. Nice. Then after Singapore, during that time when I was doing my check-in already for UAE flight, so like I was really scared then because the the one who, uh, the was the one who was in the counter, mm-hmm. she was checking my uh, ticket. She was saying like, "I don't have a flight number. What's wrong with this? Is this valid ticket?" So mm-hmm. I was trying to call already the the tourist agency who processed my documents. Mm. And then, but like it took me like maybe, uh, I was 20 minutes. I was kind of scared like mm. maybe I'll be offloaded or something like that. And I was in a different country. Mm. So, but they called and they said it would be fine. And then also the counter, there was another person who approached and then checked my papers and they said that should be fine. And then, so like I went through the same process and I arrived in UAE. And then a friend um, came to pick me up and then brought me to her place. Nice.
2: I went uh, through Singapore. We have a um, classmate there as well. And it was just by chance that I knew that she was going to Dubai as well. Oh. And then just from there, gone gone to Dubai through a tourist visa. Gotcha. It Qu- was quite seamless. I mm. was not very um, suspicious. Um, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I had like uh, 15 kilos of baggage only. And... Yeah, and I really dressed up like as, as a tourist. Gotcha. So, it, and when I listened to the previous episode, I think of D, she mentioned that she brought noodles uh, Mm -hmm. but me i really like like totally nothing like um (laughs) just clothes and (laughs) and then we um after a few months i got like a box from philippines (laughs) Eh? so i packed i like i have like a box from from cebu to go to dubai as well so it's like my secondary luggage Ah. came in after two months later
0: (laughs) because chris went to Oman through the proper channel he underwent a pre-departure orientation seminar or PIDOS, hosted by the Philippine Overseas Employment Association or POEA, that helped manage his expectations. Here's him recounting his experience.
3: I went to POA. I forgot there's a seminar. Ah, PIDOS, PIDOS, yeah, it's PIDOS, and it's a, it's a kind of seminar that they will they will tell you uh, this is what will happen in the Middle East. This mm. is what you're gonna do. I see. This is you, maybe you have a culture shock. Oh, that's interesting. But you're going to see, yeah. Because in the EPDOS, they said, your room will be, one room is going to be five guys or sometimes six. Mm. So I think, oh, going to be one room only. Mm. So I think, oh, it's a crowded room. Yeah. But I was so surprised at that time when I, we entered the flat, mm-hmm. we are only five. So there were three rooms. Mm. So one room is for one guy. Oh. And those two rooms, two guys per room so I said oh,
0: oh that's a lot better
3: for me yes I have my own bed it's not a double deck oh my god so I said, this is a good company <laughs> they provide a good good store.
1: when I arrived in like that was the first time I started, like living with different people from different places so it was like one whole flat mm-hmm. they divided it into different rooms mm-hmm. so like I was in a room and my friend was in another room so that the people who I was staying with, uh, I don't know anyone about any one of them.
4: I see. And then it
1: was like, it was the first time for me to like sleep in a bunk bed on top. And I <laughs> had to slowly crawl in, on top of the bed because there was someone else under. <laughs> and she wasn't really that uh, receptive to friendship. Oh. The people inside the room. <laughs> mm, and that's then... Tough. Like that bunk bed, I was paying mm. like ten thousand pesos for that bunk bed, and then you only have like a space. Like you're five in the room, and then you don't have like a separate toilet in that flat. There's like three toilets, and then you you have to schedule like in the morning. You have fifteen minutes to take a bath, and then if you 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 miss your period, you can't you can't take your bath because someone else is scheduled for that period, wow. or maybe you like um. Uh, Used like, additional minutes, to they would, like, knock on your door really loudly. For me, it wasn't that much because I was still searching for job. like, but when you look at other people, so it's, it's difficult, uh, yeah, the transition period for that. Hmm. It was December, I think, some, yeah, December, so during that time, the weather was really tough. It was cold.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I had, like, cough maybe for one or two months, so oh. I was, like, coughing the whole time while I was sleeping, and they told me they couldn't sleep because it was too noisy. So they asked oh. me to sleep in the stala. Oh, no. <laughs> without AC, without electric funds. But good thing uh, the other lady, she was from Cebu. She offered me uh, to use her electric funds. And then I was calling my mom, saying, like, this is what happened. My mom was telling me, why are you there? You go home. I was saying, no, I spent all my savings in audit, so I should at least recover before I decide to go home.
2: Mm. Actually, I initially planned to stay with our classmates. Mm -hmm. But in the end, because the rent was very high there,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: supposedly we, we can, like, same as in Singapore, like mm-hmm. you rent a flat and then you just divide the rental cost. Mm-hmm. That's the usual way. But because I'm going there for a different reason. Mm-hmm. So my love life was like he kind of like held me to his wing.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, gotcha. So you did have a lot of savings because you didn't have to pay lodging.
2: It's like my ex-boyfriend now. So... Hey? Ex boyfriend now husband. Ex boyfriend, <laughs> husband.
0: <laughs> you scared me a little bit there. Okay. How about your friend? You you came with a friend, right?
2: Yes. So my friend, because we have another set of friends over there already. Mm. So because supposedly we're we will be um staying at their flat. Mm-hmm. But it, so in the end, she was the only one who stayed there.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: From time to time, we go to. My ex-boyfriend's husband's place,
4: <laughs> Okay,
2: <laughs> and then we held our get-together there.
0: Looking for employment is absolutely not an easy task, let alone doing it in a country miles away from home.
2: There is a job website mm-hmm. there. Um, it's indeed.com.a, I think. Okay. And it's where I search for jobs. And I, because I arrived there September, mid-September, I think I got a job like around mid-November.
4: Mm. Well,
0: very quick. Yeah. Two months.
2: I was quite lucky, but, mm. I, but I wasn't also that um, picky with the jobs as well.
0: <laughs> mm, gotcha.
2: I was there as an accountant. Mm -hmm. So my office was very, very, very far from the city. So but but thankfully, our company has a company bus. If you go on by public transport, it would be like two hours. If a taxi like on your own, like it would be like 30 or 40 minutes, but you're gonna pay like 100 dirhams or something. I'd say that do not be picky when um when it's your first time but also like have some dignity as well like it still needs to have a balance even though it will be your first time hmm. even in my first few weeks i actually already got a job i had an offer mm-hmm. but um it was very very low like um like very low I see. so i would advise our listeners to get a balance of both not be too picky but not also like that you're going to get the very first one that's there so, when you're applying for a job like in Indeed, um, it's very common that they will specify like the nationality that that they want. Mm. And anywhere in the world, it's like kind of like a taboo, right? Mm. But um, there, it's very open. Open mm. in a sense that they will say, like, Western educated, something like that. Mm. And then, if you've applied for a job and there's a Caucasian person mm. applying for the same job... Mm scale there it's very different if it's like caucasian person i, I was quite disappointed but not surprised like mm. something like that so mm. yeah although there are some companies that are not um the same as i've described mm. but the majority is like that gotcha i
1: understand yeah. the way they do the uh, looking for a job in uh UAE is that they have a lot of portals so you apply and then you just wait for them to call you Mm
4: -hmm. and then they
1: would send you like a location, you go to the place you don't know Mm -hmm. they will give you like an address, like it's different places you would ride the bus, you would ride the train,
4: Mm.
1: it was the first time for me because like I've been outside the country once before that but Mm. I was with someone else so I I don't have to think about anything else but during that time in UAE so I was the one like Thinking, researching, but I don't have data. So I had to load all the, the location, the Google Maps, before I go to the place. I see. And then research, like, how should I, like, how many steps, how many, where to exit. because like, It was, like, the first time for me to see that uh, really huge station and then research, like, how to go out of the place, like, on my own.
4: Mm.
1: But then, like, I, I went to several interviews um in Dubai, and then the offer weren't that good. mm mm-hmm um like if i compare it to the philippines uh there's not much difference considering like how you be like how much you'd be spending in uae as compared to the philippines mm. so that time i didn't know like a uh, a friend of mine forwarded my cv uh to someone and then someone forwarded it to someone in uh <laughs> deloitte mm-hmm. and then uh i was called for an interview without me knowing without me applying wow. so um during that time I really didn't want to do audit. Yeah, I didn't. it was like uh, I was meant to be doing audits <laughs> first. So, like, I got like, during the <laughs> so during the interview, like it was in different places. So, um, if they had an office in Dubai, they had an office in Sharjah, and then an office in Abu Dhabi. Mm. So, I was in Dubai, and then the HR personnel was in Sharjah. So, it's like an R trip. Mm-hmm. So I had to ask people, like, how do I get there? So they just gave me, like, this is the building. And then you just take this uh, bus going to Sharjah. So I went there. I did the human capital interview. And they said, like, I can do the technical interview on the same day. So then I traveled another, maybe an hour or so, going to Abu Dhabi.
4: Wow. So I did
1: that technical on that day. And then I came back. to Abu Dhabi. It was like one round trip in a day. That's so I amazing. I did everything in one day all over uh, the main cities in uh, UAE, the mm. uh, main emirates in UAE. At, at that time, my, my visa was already expiring because I think I had one month visa. Okay. And then like I had been to different interviews. And then it was during like the last three days of my visa when I did the interview for the audit. I see. So I had to get another interview, I think, uh, another extension for the visa, another month.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, when I received the job offer, so like I was thinking, still, I don't want to do audit. I was lucky like there were people I didn't know was there who helped me so like um, there was one uh, the daughter of my teacher in high school she was working for Deloitte at the time Gotcha. so she was the one who guided me yeah when I was in uh, Abu Dhabi and then she asked me like there's your offer so are you going to accept it I told her then I think about it I really didn't want to do audit She said You did that interview in one day And you're not sure You wanted to do the audit <laughs> Actually she was like Frustrated mm-hmm. She didn't tell me Until like a year later Maybe when we were together Already working mm. So but um, I asked like, several friends Asking them like um, Should I receive this offer Should I not It's really significantly different From all the offers I received so then I decided okay fine I'll accept audit maybe a few years mm. just to um start my career in UAE actually that was a really good decision mm. because um I think it was the easiest way to like open doors to the different um companies in the UAE
0: How is it like working with colleagues with different nationalities and cultures
3: Before uh, I found it uh, difficult mm. but as times passed it's easy. if you you get the killity of the Omanis <laughs> Ah, if you have their trust also, Mm. they will follow you. You know already my attitude, right? Yes. I'm a jolly guy. I see,
0: I see. I
3: have Mm. Indians also. Mm. I I have no problem with the Indians Mm. because they're just like us. They're so hardworking guys.
1: Mm. It's not that much different. It would be the same. It's just that you'd be working with different people.
4: Mm.
1: Like uh, you'd be working from someone from India, someone from Pakistan. So... Uh, different working cultures but actually because I was really generally working for uh, Samantha then the the manager who was the daughter of my teacher in ah, high school so most of my clients was with her so it wasn't that much adjustment for me mm. uh, but it would be like uh, the working hours it would be the same the kind of work so that's not much difference in the in terms of work I so see. I was lucky to be working with um, Samantha and then she, she trained me properly as well so yeah.
0: So for the listeners who are not familiar with how audit works, it's usually very busy during the audit season and it's normal to go on overtime, right?
1: Yes. So I had like uh, to work like 2 a.m., 4 a.m. during mm. the busy season, like from December to... But this, uh, yeah, this is the difference between... Um, uh, UAE and the Philippines. Because in the Philippines we have the filing season. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't have those interim uh, financial statements, you'd, yep. uh you'd, you'd have less clients after the BiR filing. Mm-hmm. In UAE, there was there's no BiR filing, so all throughout the year you have clients, So uh-huh. you'd be working all throughout the year. I see. Well, the So you will have you'll be busy all throughout the year, like unlike in the Philippines, you have a specific period where you can um, rest, like, for a month or two months before you start another uh, cycle of the audit.
0: Even though the UAE and Oman are predominantly Muslim states, they are not as strict and as conservative as, say, Saudi Arabia when it comes to enforcing religious beliefs to foreigners.
2: Before, I didn't really know a lot about Middle East. From what I know, it's like a Muslim country and, mm. you know, like people are very um, conservative in a way. Like, But it's not really as conservative as I thought. Mm. So, like, At first, you know, I wouldn't even wear uh, like shorts or sleeveless there Mm -hmm. at the very first few months, but I noticed that people just wear like what they want, so yeah, those kinds of things. And Dubai is like a melting pot of east and west, so it's very diverse. Open city, especially in Dubai, it's like, um, it's more of the
1: tourist population goes to Dubai, but right now, uh. Abu Dhabi is also uh, getting popular because they have a lot of tourist attractions. You have the Louvre,
4: mm-hmm. you
1: have the like the huge mosque, which is really popular. Mm-hmm. So um, it's starting to be um, more. But if I compare it, like uh, Dubai is like maybe uh, Makati, and then Abu Dhabi is like Cebu. It's less. Uh, it's more laid back compared to Dubai. Oh, really? And then, like in terms of clothing, so. Um, I'm, when I'm in Dubai or when I'm in Abu Dhabi, like I'm more careful with what I wear in Abu Dhabi. I think that if if that's how I describe it, I it's see. like um, yeah, you don't see as much like in. You go to Dubai, you see people wearing like, um, you know, you see some skin or something. I don't know how <laughs> you describe it, but
3: mm. uh, Oman is not so strict. Hmm? How do you mean? Most of my colleagues are from Saudi. They said it's very different here.
0: Ah, I so see. Here I see. it's
3: very open. Okay. In Saudi, they said mm. it's more strict. They were there's a they call that one mutawa, a mm-hmm. religious police. They said that I, I don't know really mm-hmm. that if you're if they see you're wearing shorts or what, if you're having long hair or what, so mm. the when the mutawa saw you, mm. they will punish you. They just Ooh. beat you. Mm. But here it's an open country. I see. Mm. Not that much strict. I but see. We, for us we just show respect mm. for their culture gotcha because it's not our country so we better show respect to them mm. if you're not in your country yeah so why should you do something bad yeah right during the this one uh, Ramadan mm-hmm. during Ramadan period yeah so you you cannot drink water in the public places.
0: Ah, okay. I see. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Because
3: during Ramaray, yeah, you should show respect to them. And you cannot eat in, in the public places. If you want to eat just inside your room. Yeah, I see. During uh, But during the day, mm-hmm. and during the night, no problem. If you will go or you will drink or anything. During the night, you can do whatever you want. But during day, no, you're not allowed to let them see that you're drinking or eating. And also just to show respect. Yeah, in our company, Mm. so the canteen you're allowed to eat, Mm. and the humanists, they don't go inside. Gotcha. Okay. During Ramadan, yeah. Mm. So there's no problem for me or for us Filipinos or 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 non-Muslim colleagues. Mm. And also one thing, Mm. uh, they will just, for example, my colleague they will just tell to me that there's no problem if you will just drink, uh, Mm. if you're thirsty you can drink water,
4: Mm.
3: no problem for us. Hmm. Because you're Christian, I'm Muslim. Ah, They will just tell you. So they're kind. There's no issue for them.
0: Yeah. It sounds like Omanis are very friendly.
3: Filipinos Hmm. are free to express their religion here. Oh. We have church. Yeah. I see. There's a Christian compound. Hmm. All the churches of different Christian groups. We have Hmm. Catholics, the Protestants, the Orthodox. In one compound, mm. the Filipinos have St. Francis Church.
4: Mm.
3: The Orthodox have the Syrian Orthodox Church. Then mm. the Protestant they have their own church here. Gotcha. It's free. We have also Christmas celebration here. No, and also nice. the most uh, decorating Christmas nice. decorations. Really? Yeah, it's free. Yeah. Mm. And also the Christmas songs <laughs> during the holidays. Yeah, Christmas holidays.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing! So that means it's really hard for you to miss home because you, you have a lot of Filipino friends. Mm-mm. You you celebrate Christmas. There's there's church. You're free to go. Mm-mm. That's really good.
3: So yeah. that's why mm. I tell you that there is no uh, difficulty for Filipinos mm. who want to come in Oman because it's free country. Mm. You can you you have a freedom of your religion. You can uh, right. Mm-hmm. You can express. Your love for your God.
2: Yeah, even though I, 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 it's like far from the Philippines, but there are a lot of Filipinos there. Mm, so yeah. it's like not really, not not really far away from home. Actually, uh, if you
1: arrive in UAE, like the first person you meet, like in the airport, airport path, mm-hmm. there are a lot of Filipino. When you go to the grocery, there are a lot of Filipinos. So that's why it's uh, not much different Also, when you say in terms of culture, because um, it's like several people in one place from different nationalities but there are a lot of filipinos i think filipinos are one of the um most number of uh, population also in the uae even in abu dhabi Mm, it is like if you go if i go out of my building Mm -hmm. it would be rare if i don't see any filipino so like someone in the bus stop someone in the store so like it's not much different Mm. i think and then um people are typically like friendly towards like when you see somebody like from your home place generally like you get to talk even though you don't know each other other, right? Mm. Actually
3: here in Oman you can uh, recognize immediately Filipinos Mm. especially the boys because the boys here are wearing just shirts when they go to the mall or anywhere Uh yeah all the guys here will just wear shirts and some sleepers oh that's Kabayan that's a Filipino yeah, and most of the guys are wearing caps. Caps? Why? Because it's hot. Ah, okay. <laughs> I see. I see. So a cap, a shirt,
0: and a short pants.
3: You should get out of the Filipinos here. But the girls, mm. I mean the ladies, the Filipina, mm. they should wear this one—a uh, pants, not short. Did you get homesick? How did you cope?
1: During the first few months when I was in UAE, mm. especially if you're like um, you're thinking about like how. Um, Uh, The things aren't clear, like, where you should go. So, yeah, you'd be scared. Like, you'd be thinking, like, I hope someone is with me. My mom is with me. My dad is with me. So the first few months, like, I was calling them, like, almost every day I do video calls. Mm -hmm. I call them. We're lucky we're in the technology period. So you can call them anytime. I can't imagine during the time when you do, like, mail mails and you receive letters, like, I don't know how many weeks later. And then, um, yeah, I do call them every day. But I have, um, like, when, but like, a year later, like, you'd get used to it. So, mm. usually now, I just call them, like, during the weekend, but I constantly text with my sister and my family. Mm. And then I also have the camera access at home, so I can just see them, like, when I miss them. So, ah. I just turn it on and then watch them and That's talk it. to them, like, eight minutes in a day. So, um, so now, it's not as much. Actually, I haven't been home to the Philippines since 2018. So oh, I was wow. planning to go home this year for my mom's birthday and then COVID happened. I see. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So two years apart.
1: Almost three years actually mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. July 2018. Oh, gotcha. So I was planning to go home also. I haven't been to the Philippines. Like I haven't experienced Christmas in the Philippines for six years.
4: So mm. I came
1: here like 2014 November.
4: Mm.
1: So it's almost six years. So I wanted to go home this time. But yeah, still, it's difficult uh, getting around with the uh, pandemic.
0: But even without the pandemic... During the Christmas season, flights are actually very expensive to the Philippines.
1: Yeah, it's like time to the usual rate. Then I was planning to go home, I would have been like, if it was in the cash flow already. <laughs> <laughs> the ticket price was considered in the cash flow.
4: Yeah.
1: But, <laughs> but what I usually do, because um, like when I choose a place to stay, because uh, like the flats here are quite expensive. So usually they share a flat, like you get a room inside a flat. Mm. I usually choose to stay with like a family. Ah. Uh, so it's like you have a family away from home Like right now I'm staying with a family with two kids And then I have a friend with me as a roommate So it makes it uh bearable Rather than like you getting a flat of your own So hmm. that's how it's also like One of the coping mechanisms with homesickness So like you have a family here that takes care of you
2: I was very, very homesick Like for very, uh, for several months yeah. Um What I Did to cope up was just um chatting with uh, my friends back in the Philippines and also like the Filipino community, like my classmates over there in Dubai. Another thing was I explored the places Mm. because um you know like if you just always think that about the Philippines and you don't immerse yourself in the place, you wouldn't love the place. Mm. So exploring the places and um, traveling. Because Dubai is like it, it's the the hub. It's like a hub in because it's in the middle of everything. Yeah. you can easily travel to different countries, and they're especially if they have this um, you have like thirty days to of like um annual leave. Awesome. So you you it's very easy to travel from there. So yeah, and yeah, and eating a lot of good food. <laughs> Uh, Yes, so yeah, I I did a lot of traveling there. So it kind of um, helped me accept that I'm away from home. Gotcha. I'm I'm away from Philippines. And so Europe, I think um, Hungary is like five, six hours or something there. Mm -hmm. from there. And uh, Maldives is like four hours. Ah. If you land in Europe, you can just easily go to any country there.
1: One of the... Cost points, if you say, like when you're working in UAE, mm. just like if you want to go to uh, Europe, so the the trip would be would cost less, mm. and then there are a lot of um, offers where you get like discounted hotel, discounted uh, plane fare. Mm. So uh, it's yeah, it's easier to travel when you're in UAE. Aside from like you're earning uh, maybe a bit better compared back home, mm. so like you have more um, like money to spend on travel. Mm. Yeah, that's one of the things I enjoyed actually when I came here uh, in UAE. During the weekdays, I just stay home actually. Mm. Uh, during the weekends, like try to uh, meet with friends, like go for breakfast, mm. and then uh, I like the part the Cornish side. Like Cornish is like uh, along the beach side, ah. so because they have like a lot of places you can go for work as so well. Like in the in the Cornish side, you will also find like. Um, parks for children so it's uh and then it's really used like a lot of people you'll see them they they like to go out actually if you go to the park like especially now mm. so you would see like a lot of um, mix of different people staying like um, eating just mm. like lounging in the beach so um it's a nice place but mostly um, aside from that people usually go to the mall you know uae is uh, i think um known for being like one of the shopping capitals a lot of
0: sales. A lot of Louis Vuittons.
1: Uh, I, I don't have that much on. <laughs> I, I just see them. That's <laughs> only for uh, completing that uh, reason for going to UAE. So
0: gotcha. one. <laughs> Unfortunately, shopping is not an option for Chris. Yes,
3: so honestly, you can save here in Salala. Mm. Because there's no big mall Yes. <laughs>
4: <here.
3: laughs> <laughs> what, you, what you can see here are... Mostly mountains and beach. <laughs> That's why you are, most of the Filipinos here mm. are doing fishing. Uh, and during carriage season, we call this one carriage or the rainy season,
4: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you will see mountains turn to green. Nice. Yeah, and also foggy. Yeah, better than Cebu here. Mm. Yeah, which is not so hot here. Mm. Actually, Nan, mm. Salala, mm. they call this this one the Jewel of Arabia.
0: Ooh! How about food? Did you enjoy the food at
2: all? Yes, I very much enjoyed the food. As as, as I mentioned, that like, it's like um, it's very diverse, and you have all kinds of um, foods there, like um. Like Filipino, like um, Indian, um, Italian, French, mm. everything. Everything is there. And because um, the food choices are quite diverse, so it's not that expensive as well. Mm. Eating out, eating out. I mean, so we usually even eat out than cook for ourselves.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's that's convenient.
2: Yes, yes. And um, convenience store also in Dubai is like 24 hours, mm. unlike here. So, yeah, it was very convenient there.
1: Abu <laughs> Dhabi have this small stores which you call bakala Bakala. it's like a small grocery stores like usually in each building you find them yeah b-a-q-a-l-a so Mm -hmm. it's like a small store under the building Mm -hmm. so like everything like it's really convenient even if you call them for one maybe onion ball and then they deliver it to your flat free of charge
0: wow that's amazing i'm looking at photos it looks like a convenience store
1: it's like a convenience store, it's like 7 Eleven, but it's a small one. But if you ask them, they almost have everything in that store. <laughs> Even if you look for like a birthday candle, they have that. <laughs> and then you ask them to deliver. You buy like one small cook, one can of cook, they mm. deliver to you free of charge. <laughs>
0: Bakala, okay.
1: It's like very convenient. They have, uh, typically, you have the shawarma. Mm. So when I first tried it, I was expecting it to be like the shawarma in the, the Leylam shawarma, <laughs> the, the, the sweet kind with cheese.
4: Uh-huh. Is it different? <laughs> That's our
1: shawarma. Their shawarma here is like more on. Uh, it's di- it tastes different. It's really different. It's like more on like sour cream or something. But it's good. Mm-hmm. But it's like different from like how I was expecting shawarma should be.
3: I see. The Omanis, they have also Omani foods. Mm. They call that one kabuli. Kabuli. Okay. Um, yeah. Kabuli, kebab. Ah, yeah, like kebab. kebab. Yeah.
0: Ah, I'm, I'm looking at the photo of Kabuli. It's like very thin and long rice. Yes. Mm. Is it basmati, right?
3: Be, yeah, basmati rice. Okay. And also here, you will see they grilled the uh, meat mm-hmm. in the gravel, in the rock. Eh? Yeah.
0: In the rock? You what know, do chicken. you mean?
3: Because below the gravel, there's uh, the coal or ah, okay, the charcoal. Okay. So yeah. it's like
0: stone-grilled food. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Life in the Middle East is often incorrectly portrayed by mainstream media, be it in Hollywood films or in heavily biased news articles. Here's what Chris has to say about his first-hand experience.
3: Aha. you know, if you want to go to Oman, mm. especially Salala, because mm. this is the where I am, it's a peaceful place. It's mm. a peaceful place, Then you can enjoy nature here. Mm. People here are hospitable, they're kind also, and also generous. Mm. Then mm. and, and just show respect to everyone here. Gotcha. And there's not that much uh, crime here mm.
0: because
3: the pe- people are peaceful mm. and they're very welcome to Filipinos. Omanis really love Filipinos.
4: <laughs> yes. That's, that's <laughs> I really see.
3: Cool. Yeah, uh, you're, yeah, they're going to say, Are you Filipini? Yes. Oh. Kabaya, kamustaka. Oh. They don't say that, that. Yes, they knew that you are Filipino. Kamusta ka? Abuti, <laughs> 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 They're friendly. They're friendly.
0: Can you can you respond to that question in Arabic?
3: Uh, yeah. If they said, uh, Salam alaikum, alaikum salam, mm. uh, kefal, zen. So if they, kefal means, how are you? Mm. So reply zen. zen. Good.
0: That is nice. That is cool. <laughs> are you now excited to consider living in the Middle East as an OFW? Here's a final tip from Myron before you go.
1: Uh, I think you have to do your research first. Try calling some friends, ask them like how the situation is. And also you have to have an open mind because not everything like, will go according to your plan. What you like plan to work for, maybe uh, you, won't, you won't find a job that's best suited for you. So you have to do another job, which you are not going to work on if you're in the Philippines. And then don't just listen to people. I think it was good that I went out of my comfort zone and then experienced a different culture and then... Uh, you're able to um, experience some of the luxuries because of that decision, mm. and then you just research, do it, and then be ready for things that will happen. And then, especially like you go through the um, proper channels, not the way I did it as <laughs> tourist, and then you find a job after that. <laughs> uh, it's good to have friends outside. Actually, mm. <laughs> it's good like before you um, you go out. Try uh, searching for friends who can help you, like especially during the transition period because it's a new place. It's different, really, because the way you describe it and the way you experience it, it's entirely different. Mm. And, yeah, enjoy the ride.
0: <laughs> if you like what you've heard, consider giving us a like, follow and subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the show. Hang out on our website, bananaqpodcast.com, in our social media handles, or send us a feedback via bananaqpodcast at gmail.com. Hope to see you in the next episode. Bye.